Hello and welcome to episode 336 of the Hooniverse podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. Today we've got a special guest. Everyone say hello to actor, car lover, all-around wonderful person, Daniel Cudmore. Hello, hello. How's it going, buddy? Good, brother. How you doing? I'm good. You've been on this podcast before, and I had to look it up. It was November of 2014. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, it's so long ago. That was episode 84. Uh, I had to go back and count just because they're not numbered for some reason right. in the way we have them. Um, so it's changed in the last eight years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the last eight years, I've had two kids. Uh, I've moved back to Canada. Man, a lot. Yeah. I mean, lot, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still I'm still working in film and TV, but um, you know, life is 180 different compared to 2014 where I didn't have a care in the world except for myself. Uh, now I I'm basically the beckoning call of two little kiddos who <laughs> never <laughs> give me a chance to sleep, but I asked for it and it's amazing. Yes. Uh yeah, um my daughter it will be 7 this year, so Right. She wasn't born then either. Um, yeah. So a lot's changed for you as well. <laughs> yeah. Went just, from, a just a yeah. little bit. Went from an apartment to a condo to a house. Mm. Changed some cars in the last eight years. Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Are crazy to think. Same boat? How many cars have I had in the, in the last eight years? I got, it's got to be over five or six. Because, I mean, you've had multiple SQ5s, right? Uh, no, I, I, I only had one. Okay. Um, I was going to get the new iteration with the turbo, uh, the turbo V6. I couldn't get around the exhaust pipes being fake at the, <laughs> the back. <fake. laughs> yeah. I, I just couldn't. I said to the guy, I was like, well, you know, you, your other SQ5 is in great shape. We'll give you great money for it. And we'll turn it into your, your lease payments will be the same. And I just turned around and I, and I walked into the back of the car and I just smacked the fake plastic pieces. And I said, you change this. And we got a deal. Yeah, and I wasn't going to go buy an ABP, ABT kit or anything like that. I was just like, I just I wasn't interested. I liked, I liked the SQ5 with the with the supercharger that I had. Yeah, and the 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 funny thing about that car too is I think when I drove the revised version of it was on what is it called? It's Vancouver Island. Yep, they yeah, launched yeah, that's yeah. where they launched it. So. You know, pseudo your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, just a just an hour ferry ride away from us. But um, yeah, they're they're great cars. Like, I mean, for me, needing a sort of Swiss Army knife, I wish I wish we had better versions of wagons. That's what I would right. I would have been dri driving, you know, an S four wagon or a Vaunt, but that's not possible. So the closest thing was getting an SQ five and lowering it and kind of going that route. What do you have now? I got an F one fifty now. <laughs> You leave, you leave the U.S. and, yep. you, and you go full U.S. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I I left the U.S. I got rid of the SQ5 because we needed a bigger SUV for my wife because I'm uh, not normal size. So anytime I sit in the front seat and there's a car seat behind me, right? Uh, it's just the space disappears. So we got an Atlas for my wife, which is right there. Nice. And then I got for some silly reason. I got hooked on the Colorado ZR2. Sure. I was like, I, I want it. It's cool. I don't want to spend a hundred grand on a Raptor. I just, this thing's great. It's got a little diesel. And then I drove it for a year and I drove it for a year and a half. And I got so sick and tired of basically flashlight headlights 
like the headlights are so poor. It's like there's a really poor quality oh, okay, okay. flashlight on the headlight, and just the lack of amenities. I mean, driving characteristics were great. Thing handled yeah. the those multimatic shocks, fantastic. But that was about as far as it went. Yeah, and the diesel. The diesel was great. Like you know, you could you could go all crazy and you could you could tune it and all that stuff. But I wasn't interested in losing warranty. But I started driving it, and it, going from a SQ5 interior comfort and quality to driving a Colorado ZR2, I was like, the headrest didn't even go up high enough for my head. I'm like, yeah. the seats were so uncomfortable, the plastics were horrendous. And yep. Anyway, long story GM. boring. GM. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. Um, and then I got so I got rid of that, and then I got an S4 again, and then that I was you know I was holding on to the fact that I'm you know, thinking I'm shorter than I really am because mm. I had, I had no room. <laughs> I had no room. And, and for, then those, I, for those uh, listening, how, how tall are you? I'm six, six. Right. So the S4 was so, I mean, it was, I was right on the edge, right? Yeah. I, was, I, I could feel my hair brushing the, the roof. If I didn't, if I sat too vertical in the seat, it was, it just got to a point where I'm like, I love this car's great. Um, I didn't like the lack of, driver input i felt like the car did everything for you and you just kind of sat there and went along for the ride right um, um and yeah. so then i got i got an f-150 and i'm like you know i'm kicking myself for the gas prices i'm like oh, i should have kept the diesel yeah yeah it's funny i have a zr2 out front right now but it's the silverado um which you can't yes. get with a diesel but it which is yeah 6.2 is like, fun though yo 6.2 is fantastic but like you know you're you, the the worst part about 6.2 is like all you want to do is just mash on it. Yes, that's correct. I, and I, right now, I yeah. mean, what are you guys? What are you guys a gallon right now? <laughs> um, let's see. I think the last time I filled up because I put premium in my own vehicles. Uh, our, yeah. our premium, you know, is only 91, so I want to get the best I can. Um, my most expensive fill-up was 6.79 a gallon. 6.79. Yeah. So we're more expensive up here. Okay. Right, because we're two twenty something per liter. There's three point seven something liters in a gallon. Um, so we're a little bit more expensive. Okay, but like it's it's bananas. So like my my truck's one hundred and thirty two liter tank. It's just like <laughs> I'm like, come on. And there's even some gas stations that hold like a two hundred and fifty dollar limit. So you literally have to fill up and then click it and then redo a whole another credit card transaction. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's crazy. Ah. Um, down here, a lot of them will be a hundred dollar limit. Right. Um, which, you know, you hit that very easily and right. Thankfully and not thankfully, I found one that doesn't have it. So in my Montero, I had a $140 fill up, uh, which was impressive, uh, because that has a bigger gas tank, that fuel tank than people think. And then thankfully the Jag tanks, cause it's two tanks. They're not that big, but it's right. It's still ridiculous. I think each one is like 10 gallons or so. I love the fact that the Jag has two tanks. Me too. Um, isn't that great? Yes, it is. Well, let me just fill up on the other side. Well, and the, the, the car kind of, it's not a boat tail, but the rear end of it kind of, you know, comes together a little, a little yep. bit. Um, so I, it doesn't matter what side I park on cause the hose reaches sure. the other side, which is nice. Right. Uh, and I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, cause it has the V8 swap and then the, my license plate is two inline fours, just as a joke about the V8. And I was filling up one night <laughs> and somebody saw the two gas tanks and they looked at the plate and they looked at me and they 
they had a quizzical look and they were like, does that car have two engines? And I was like, what? Like, and then I, I kind of put it together. I'm like, all right, maybe that's not a dumb question because of the plate. And I was like, oh no, no, it's just, I'm being stupid and blah, blah, blah. So, um, but yeah. How, but here's the honest, to be honest with me, how hard was it for you not to clap back with something really smart ass? Well, what I should have just said is yes. And then left it at that and drove away. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> you would you probably could have gone around the block three times and come back and the guy who still would have been just standing there looking off in the distance right. wondering, how is it that he has two, two motors engines. in that thing? Um, yeah. I'm so confused. One of these days, one night, just for like a good Instagram photo, I want to back into a, a, a fueling station and fill up with two pumps at the same oh, time. at the same time? Yeah. Um, I saw a photo of that once. I'm like, I got to recreate that. But I would only want to do it at like midnight so nobody else needs the, you know, I don't want to take up spots. You don't want to be that guy. I hate people who don't pull ahead. It's like, how is that not uh, just yep. basic knowledge? <laughs> it's just common sense. Right. It's like, there's a million different things you could you could do a podcast for a year on things that people do with cars that just don't make sense. Yeah, you can extend it to like car related things if you count parking lots because there's that famous or infamous they call it the shopping cart or the trolley. You know, depending on where, yep. where you are, the test: do you put away your cart or not? And it shows if yes. you do, you're a good person, and if you don't, you're not a good person. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and it it blows me. It just blows my mind sometimes about how close one individual can be to the area where the cart goes back. Oh. <laughs> and they still, they, and they, the worst part is when you see someone double take. Like, uh, no, my time's more important than that than two seconds that it takes to put that over there. It's such a the world only revolves around you syndrome, and it's wild because <laughs> somebody else is going to need to use that spot, and you've blocked it. Yep. And you've just, it's it, a two second thing that can make everybody's day easier. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Costco's notorious for that. I bet. Um, uh, all right, let's move on to some real questions for you. I've written. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that seems so, foolish. so Cudmore. Uh, uh, no, I'm not going to do like the, the um, bullshit. Yeah. Like um, I have a general question because this ties into a conversation you and I had, what was it, a month or two ago? What is yeah. life like for the taller car enthusiast? And before you answer that, are, I forget, are you the tallest or is like your dad taller? Like someone's taller. No, we're all about the same. I mean, my younger brother and I are similar height. Uh, my older brother may be shorter by about two inches. Mm -hmm. And then my dad's about six two. Okay. Um, it, I've always grown up with, with champagne taste on a beer budget. So I think certain cars, you know, I'm not Tom Cruise crossing a billion dollars in earnings in my career. Um, so I don't good. exactly, you know. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, he's a tough so guy. Bad. I know. I heard, but he like, you know, he's he's. It's the only one, Tom Cruise. Um, so I don't think that you know a lot of the choices. It's not like I'm really hindered. It's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I can't go get that Lotus and I can't go get that Ferrari. Sure. It's because of my height. <laughs> but that being said, there are just simple vehicles that you would think work and then don't. You know, like at one point I wanted to get a. I think I, I was looking at the Range Rover Sport. This is before I had kids and, and I just thought blowing money was smart. Mm -hmm. And I went and sat and I, and I couldn't fit. Wow. And I'm like, this is a big SUV. How does this not function for someone my size? But it just, the you know, the way that they're built, whether vehicles, you know, even on trucks, some, some body on frame trucks, and if they have a sunroof, you know, a lot of the GM products with sunroof, yeah. I don't fit. It's, even if the seat goes right down on the ground. Yep. Um, so that kind of makes this world of like, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And then you chalk in, Hey, are you, a, you, you start a family, you got kids in the back. 
for the rear facing car seats. And now you got to buy big, humongous you know, SUVs masquerading as a minivan yeah. <laughs> just to fit the kids in. Yeah. Right. And you're like, oh man. So it, you know, it changes things. It, it definitely makes you sort of that window of things you want to be able to buy kind of just tighten and tighten and tighten. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, and I, and I've got a weird obsession with small cars for some reason. I think it small cars. Are so fun. I like driving small little, you know, like I had a GTI, I fit in GTIs, figure that the one German, out. I can't man, fit in a, the the yeah. Germans typically, well, they're a larger group of people, you know, um, compared to the Brits apparently with the Land Rover. Um, right. But to, yeah, usually like, even like Mark one golfs are just, they're fine. There's there's room in German cars, and and they get it mm-hmm. for taller people, which is always something I, I find kind of interesting. And I'm I'm not tall as you. I'm not short. I'm yeah. six three. But and I have I don't know what it is about my because sometimes people the same height as me or even an inch or two shorter say ah oh, I can't fit comfortably in a Miata. Yeah. I don't know what it is about right. my body. I mean I can drive NA through ND and I fit. So. Right. And then you also got, I mean, you got to also look at your height. Like when you say that, how much are you leg versus how much are you torso? Right. right. Um, so if you're 50, 50, you can kind of get away with some things. Right. If you're, you know, captain torso and you've got the shortest legs, but you're, you know, like, I think there was a famous quote that, um, so Michael, Michael Phelps, Olympic swimmer, he's six foot five, yeah, six foot six. He, he's tall, but he, he has a 32 inch inseam. Right, right, right. And his wingspan is like, crazy. Yeah, he's got unbelievably long arms, a super long torso, and really short legs. Huh. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> so he generates crazy power with his legs, and then the yeah, arm because he doesn't like, he doesn't have such long levers, and then his arms are just so long, and <laughs> so he's like perfectly built for right. swimming. I mean, he's got crazy determination and discipline, but you know, apart from it. So yeah, buying buying vehicles is is strange, and like even you said, like when being a six three, some things works and some things right. don't. It, it's a weird kind of, it's a weird thing. Cause even Japanese cars for me, you know, like a lot of Subarus, I've had a lot of Subaru STIs and, and things like that. And they fit mm. right. Tons of room. That could be like the official, if there was like a car flag of BC, a, a Subaru has to be way high on the list. Oh yeah. It's yeah. way up there. Everyone likes to sort of, you know, Subarus sort of claim their whole thing is like, we're different, you know, like we're not going to go to the status quo. We're not going to kind of, go along with everyone else we're just different we and we like it out here and it's a very sort of bc oregon washington kind of northern california it's that sort of thing and, and the funny thing is it's, it you know it attracts those people even those people that have lots of money but they don't like showing it they could be worth millions and they're like oh i've had my outback for like six years and i love it i'm never That's funny that you say that because we were just uh back east visiting family but on the tail end of the trip we popped down to virginia because my wife has a friend from co- she did a semester at sea one one year of college and she made a a, a, yep. a lifelong friend there hopefully it wasn't on the sea org <laughs> no it was i forget what it was through but it was i mean it's based out of the university right. of pittsburgh or something like that like that's okay. who runs semester at sea for some reason um yeah. but she was it was all through mediterranean europe northern africa it was really oh, cool tough place yeah. tough place to go to school um it was a, she did it during the summer i applied for it too my mom my mom told me i didn't get accepted the truth is i did we just couldn't afford it <laughs> Um, but it was good that she went off and did it. She's my wife. This was in college when we were just boyfriend, girlfriend, she went and did that. And I spent the the summer in California with a buddy. So, I mean, that was good too. 
Um, right. But one of the friends she made on that trip, we they live in D.C. They just bought a house, built a house on the river in Virginia, like an hour and a half outside the yeah. city. The the guy is worth a lot. He comes from a very wealthy family, um, and he drives sure. uh, an Outback. So, yeah. I mean, you're spot right. on. Um, yeah. Because he's he's like I'm not a car guy, he's, he's, but I'm screwed because my son is growing up to be a car guy. I'm like, well, you know, when he's older, send him my way. And he's like, he's like, yeah, if he wants to build uh, an old Chevy starting at 14, so he can learn to do it himself, he's like, I'll fund him to do it. He's like, but but I won't be able to help him. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, but but yeah, <laughs> but it is. It's true. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that around here. And a lot of people that work in tech, some, for some reason, sort of gravitate towards. I think it's just like you said. The, some people who are car people will gravitate to certain cars right it's just natural you just you love the mechanical work the artistry you love the body lines and everything like that if you're not somebody who enjoys cars you just want it to work like you want it to be so functional right. a to b to c and we're good and i think the thing about is especially if you've got you know weather that can kind of change and turn on a dime and you got snow you got rain they just yeah. work they just they get the job done and i've driven some hairy roads in my SDIs with like a foot and a half of snow, not yeah. cloud, creating my own path, having no idea where the road really is and never having oh. a problem and being like, oh, okay, I get it. 300 horsepower, fun to drive. And I can still, I never get oh, stuck. Yeah, so. yeah. And then you can picture them. I can picture them in my head in the North, in the Northwest, like mountain bikes on the roof for part of the year, snowboards for the other part of the year, you know, change the tires. Totally. Good to go. Yeah. And everything right now is a whole cross track putting lift yeah, kits yeah, yeah. and going that route because the let's be honest, man, you, the truck world is not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily friendly at the pump. And so getting a little cross track with a bunch of yeah. racks on it and lifting it and putting some off road tires, it can get you pretty some pretty cool Absolutely. places. And it's gonna be a lot cheaper. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I I'm a fan of the cross track and the modified cross track as well. Um, right. So what? So what is the most comfortable car for you? I mean, it's it's big SUVs and trucks, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the most comfortable, the most comfortable was my SQ5. Yeah. It just worked. It just the interior was amazing. Like it just made sense. I didn't have it with the Apple CarPlay. I would have loved to have the Apple CarPlay because it was a 2014 okay. edition. But like in terms of just functionality, space, speed, when I wanted it, I, it wasn't. I was going to go down the rabbit hole of pulleys and intake wow. and tune and all that stuff. And then I was like, what's the point? Like it's an, it's, it would have just gone, it would have gone bananas yeah. and I would have just been <laughs> blowing through tires and, and mm -hmm. fuel. Uh, but it just worked. But now like the F-150 fits great. Now I got with kids, like you can put kids in the back, it's cavernous yeah, in the back great. seats. And then I've got the truck bed with the folding tonneau and I can just fill it oh, up with nice. stuff. Okay. So you're good to go. Um, Good to go. I wish I had waited and somehow got myself a, one with a diesel. Motor, the, the hybrid is actually pretty sweet too. Uh, it is. It's crazy cool. But our our structure up here, in terms of what you can get lease wise, they're not good. And if you start throwing the hybrid motor, which I think is an add on around like five and a half thousand mm -hmm. up here, you know, if you're going to lease it, you're never going to see that money mm -hmm. recouped in a sure. four year lease. Is it just? Not unless you're doing insane amounts of kilometers yep, a year. Yep, that makes sense. Um, uh, over the course of your career, have you had any roles where you've been able to incorporate a vehicle? Has that ever happened? <laughs> no. Uh, no. But I'm starting to kind of venture into the world of producing. Um, 
that's a very interesting place for me. And, and especially with this sort of taking career a little bit more in hands and creating opportunities as opposed to waiting around for someone else to make that choice and decision decision for it. And I'm definitely noticing that everything that I want to get made always seems to have a mm. car in it. There's a project I have right now that centers around, you know, it's a, it's a family-based sort of action drama, but it sort of centers around the, the father son relationship that was sort of forged with fixing up a oh, Shelby wow. and sort of all of these other things that start to kind of come up. And it's a sort of choice about whether or not how much, how much can you take in a family in terms of bringing you down with them before you just walk away from wow. the family. But it's, but I'm leaning towards it. I think mostly right at the beginning because I saw there was a car and I'm like, well, here's an opportunity to do a really cool car chase. That is all. Oh, practical. cool. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Cause I don't like CGI yeah. car chases. I think they're, you know, I think they're silly. They, they serve their purpose and you understand them, but I love. Yeah. It, I mean, stuff. it I makes love... sense in a movie like free guy, which is he's in a video yeah. game world. Totally. Um, yeah, I get totally. it. And, and like transformers obviously, cause they literally transform, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with like, but like yeah. the stuff they do on mission impossible where, you know, they're using car rigs and all that stuff is absolutely very cool for sure. Yeah. But I like, I like Ronan. Yeah, I like, yeah. you know, baby driver. I like things where it's, it's, you get some really skilled drivers in and you can, it's just, I just feel it's cooler the, that way. Uh, I am an Edgar Wright fan. But I think the only part mm -hmm. of that movie I like is the intro chase. The rest of it just didn't right. click for me. Okay, I, but yeah, I, I love Edgar Wright generally. I don't know. I like John yep. Ham. I like Jamie Fox. Yep. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I. But you're right. I mean, the the intro car chase amazing. is amazing. And you know, Subaru with that they converted a rear drive. Is, that's always yep. good stuff. Um, yeah. If you could put a vehicle into a, a role, you mentioned Shelby. But is there any vehicle you're like, oh man, if I could ever find a way to like pop one of these i don't know it's a that's a that's a good one that's a good question i it's hard to say um i love porsches i've always loved porsches i'd love it'd be cool i mean if the budget was unlimited it'd be yeah. cool to get a singer and just like you know that would you'd have to like <laughs> cut someone's fee to it, it'd be like when 100%. jonah hill did wall street and took like whatever like his lowest scale is which is the funniest thing in the world. Like I, I remember reading that you say that because I read it a few months ago. Oh, he took yeah. a pay cut to do a Scorsese film. Like, like, like he was sacrificing right. all that much. I'm like, I would have taken, I would have worked for five grand on a yeah. Scorsese film in a role of that yeah. fat scope. But yeah, of course you would totally have to, <laughs> you totally have to hire someone and be like, so here's a caveat. You're not really going to get paid because everybody's taking five percent across the board, and singer gets yeah, singer gets points just, somehow. <laughs> yeah, somehow singer gets points and makes makes an yeah. even cooler car go um, around. So, yeah, something like that, something really neat, but or something very unassuming. Like I love vehicles that have been done up, but you can't tell okay. they've been done up. So, but something super ridiculous, like an old, you know, like an old oh sure 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 that's somehow been totally. Done up Almost like um, and and make make Dak that as Shepherd a hero. Dak Shepard has his Buick Roadmaster that I think is fully done up. One hundred percent, yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, he's got a he's got a kick ass car yes. collection. I'm I'm kind of, and they're very odd, which I appreciate. Like not, I wouldn't say odd, but they're not sort of the status quo that yeah. people are like. Yeah, Ooh, look no, at I agree. That. But car people are like, yep. 
Oh, yeah. I, I see yes. what you did there. Um, like a like a Chevy SS. Right, That's right. cool. No, you, you're right. It's it's not it's not the standard Hollywood actor guy with money goes you know blah 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 checks things off a box. One hundred percent. Totally. Ooh, you got a Lambo truck, right? right? That's Congrats. cool. Um, so does so does a lot of people and every right, YouTuber exactly. out there. You know what I mean? Like, not, not taking away from the truck is that Eurus is amazing, but it's you know even up here I see one now, and that's the problem with with some of these supercars is you see them so often and that sort of like show yeah. off culture that I see them now and I'm like, eh, of course, yeah, especially cool. in Vancouver. Vancouver is crazy. Oh, hundred percent. We went to an, to Father's Day at the Italian Culture Center, and it was like it was all Italian cars, right? Um, and and that's I think that was what I kind of took away from it. I mean, my kids were just going bonkers, want nothing to do with all these cars. They were like, "Oh, cool, let's go somewhere else and get some treats." Um, but I looked at some of these. Like I saw the only vehicle that I thought was kind of cool there was a there was an A12 Superfast that I was like, all right, "That's a that's a neat car," but it was the worst color combination I'd ever seen. And all these stickers on it, and I'm like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas you know, if I I went and saw some really cool vehicles you don't see very often, I'm like, "Okay, that I respect that you've you've done you've done a little bit of research." You got. I mean, that's why tips. Radwood is so fun is 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 because you see some of the stuff you expect to see, and then every now and then something comes out, you're like, "What yeah. is that?" Yeah, which I would love to go to Radwood. It looks like yeah, way they too should much have fun. they should do like a BC version. I, they're about to do a UK one, so I mean. They, yeah, which oh, they've done they? in the past. Oh, maybe have they've done it in the past, but I think it's their first year back since COVID. I think, um, which only makes sense. I think the problem the problem with Vancouver is just finding the space. It it, they would have to go outside. <laughs> I think a bit. Yeah, like go right? north or something. Um, what is the? Yeah. Uh, what's the? If what's? I don't know if you have this in your head. What's the number one vehicle you're sad that you'll definitely never be able to drive? Because of never be able to drive just because of size, not because of financially. (laughs) Yeah, that list is long. (laughs) Yeah, that would make. Yes, exactly. Um, and that well, the problem is like a lot of these supercars that I would love to just drive, but I know I can't. I probably cannot fit in them. There was like even like some of the older generation nine eleven turbos. You know, like even like the old nine eleven turbo with the whale tail. I in the eighties, I like. No. There's no way I can fit in them. They just, there's no mm. possible room. No, it's not a, you know, things like that where I just know that I'm never going to get a chance to burn around. I mean, one, I'm never going to get a chance to have someone go, hey, here, take my car for a you rip. You never know. Um, <laughs> never know. You never know. For some reason, the old, like the the Lotus Elise and, and things like that, I thought were such a cool car. But no, no, those no are, those are like, yeah, those are hard nose, I think. Yeah. You know? And I just think there's such neat cars. I love the whole sort of the idea and what Colin Chapman's sort of ethos has been with with getting, you know, whereas everyone's going, let's just throw horsepower on it and all-wheel drive, and it's heavier and heavier and heavier. I love the sort of let's yeah. get down to the bare bones, Absolutely. make it light, put a good motor and yes, tranny and yes, go have fun. I agree. Now, um, uh, we talked about this in the past, and I don't know how far along your idea has progressed at all, if you've had time to even think about it, but you would love to do more with cars on a general basis and, and how do you see that in between your projects? What, what do you want to do? And I think that's the, you, you hit the nail right on the head. My problem is every single time I'm right about to, you know, get the camera equipment going and start, you know, <laughs> checking out cars and reviewing cars sort of from the world of someone who's taller and has a family, then all of a sudden acting my real career, it takes over. And it's like, 
I keep wanting to do more with cars. And I think it might just have to be the aspect of going, all right, just do it. Just start putting stuff, get the YouTube channel, start just anything that I find is neat and cool. Maybe there's an audience for it. Um, But I just, I like, I love, I've loved cars and I've loved the accessibility to freedom that they afford since I was a kid. I always, I loved dirt bikes growing up and, and motorcycles. And then it turned into, Hey, you're old enough to drive. Let's get into cars. And, and it's been that way, but uh, I think just sort of reviewing cars, and I think also it's a it's a bit of a selfish play. I just sort of realize that that reviewing the cars just gives me the opportunity to yeah. drive lots of different I mean, cars. That's I, I, I mean, I, instead of just like right. trading in vehicles and getting a new lease, and my wife going like, what right, you, right, right, right. No, no, no that makes. I mean, that's why that's why I started um, doing it. That's why I still like doing it for sure. All right. driving all the different things. Um, now you mentioned this was actually one of my questions. Do you ever want to transition to more behind the camera stuff as your career progresses? Or balance. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, when it comes to this industry and the, the film industry and being my size and not necessarily just being my size, but if you're in the film industry, it really to just be a very successful actor and that's all you do. That is it. It's a very tough world. Um, I've been successful, but there's not a lot of sure. consistency. Um, and you kind of have to wear multiple hats. You know, I get, I get the pleasure of playing around in the stunt world. I've, I've made a really good career and I've made some amazing contacts and people give me the opportunity to do that. And I love it because it brings back the sort of the sport team aspect that I right. grew up with. And, uh, but then I'm also starting to lean like, Hey, do I want to start learning about Mm. Uh, producing do i ever want to direct maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a place because i am noticing that i'm referring to scenes and movies and films and various things especially talking on the producer side with people and they're like oh wow you explained that completely to me like a director and i'm like i didn't really think about it but i never want to be that person who goes into something uh with unprepared you know, I don't want to go in to be a director and not have any clue what I'm doing and just rely on my, my ADs and my DOPs to be like, right. just Hey, Mr. Cudmore, this. what lens would you like, like here? I, I like, oh, know. fucking no. <laughs> 50? <laughs> I mean, I was going to pick right, something, right. but what do you think? Yeah, I know, I know what I would use, but, but you what know? would you use? So, ah, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I take a light. Um, but I think, I think it would be interesting. I think, I think, directing would be fantastic i think i would i think i would bring you know as a lot of actors who transition to directing you can you can really bring that element of talking and communicating to the actors of what you need yeah i mean what's his name the dude Um, uh who directs the wick films has made it a career now um the he was the stuntman totally on a bunch of stuntman on a bunch of shit yeah stuntman (laughs) yeah i forget his name yes um yeah tahowski and uh, they, well, yeah. And so having that element of knowing how to communicate what you want, mm-hmm. especially to performers, um, is fantastic. Now, the trick I would imagine would be coming into the other side and, and trying to get across to behind the crama crew of what you're trying to achieve. And so I think that's the sort of steep learning curve of trying to figure out, OK, how am I I know how to talk to the performers. I know how to get what I want out of my performance. How can I do that? Sure. Um, as your career has, has, has progressed and you've been at this game for a while, has your approach to, and I'm, 
I, I'm asking not just car stuff because I think this podcast is more interesting when it's not just car stuff. Um, has your approach to audi- sure. auditioning changed as your career has progressed? Hundred percent. It always has. I mean, it always has to, right? It's the same. It's the same. I mean, auditioning is just mm-hmm. job interviews in a way, right? You know, it's you're just basically having a job interview. And so, I think when you do so many of them, you just start to realize that you don't necessarily need to waste time and you don't need to and i think it's also the maturity of of getting older and and realizing you're not there to sort of like sing and dance on the spot and try to please your your aunt who's right you know please get me the job and and i think so a lot of it kind of comes in this sort of comfortableness of being in your own skin um and realizing that um not hearing anything or getting a no isn't necessarily a it's not a dig on you as a person or a performer it's just the fact that you just yeah, didn't yeah. fit the bill for this one. Um, so, and then I think also I used to waste, I think I used to waste so much time mm. over preparing for things to the point where they became robotic for fear yeah. that, they, that I might fail. And that I think has changed because it's, and I think fail is such a wrong word because fail is not the right word. It's just learn. Because if you do something that sort of views as fail, then you're hard on yourself saying, well, I'm terrible at this. Whereas you just say, it didn't work, yeah. but what did I learn? I got a chance. And so I think hmm. that has sort of changed because of the, the skin gets thicker and realizing that at the beginning of your career, you're just like, oh, please, I just want to make yes. sure everyone's happy yes. and loves me. And then you go to a point where you're like, well, I know what I'm doing. If you don't like me for this, that maybe you like That is a good else. transitional mindset. Yes, yes. I, Totally. And that's also, I mean, that's also the listening, right? Like when you're, when you're young, you just don't listen. You right. think you do, but you're not listening. Right. Cause you can't, I think that was the other big thing was dead, dead air, right? Individuals don't really like dead air, right? When you're talking with someone, if it all of a sudden gets quiet, yes. you try to fill it with something because it becomes uncomfortable. And that's similar to the audition process, especially in the room. You just want to fill it with things, and then you're not actually listening to what. Yeah, the other that's that's is actually uh, applicable to what I what I do here, or if I'm interviewing some somebody for something car related, where the I I had questions in my head, especially when I worked on that the classic car show I did years ago that didn't really go anywhere. When we're talking to car owners and stuff like that, right? I was thinking about my next question, not listening to the answer of the mm-hmm. the current question. Just I just asked where. And that would happen in the podcast too, where you don't have to just follow the script or the outline, like the, cause the, the question that they answer, the way they answer it could lead you down a different, more interesting path. And if, and I'm assuming in the audition process, if you take something somewhere and someone responds in a certain way, rather than you just being like, all right, I got to get to this next line. Well, why don't we just see where this character goes a little bit or, or trust in, in yourself in the process. And, and it's interesting how that can apply in so many, not just, creative but just in general in business and in in interpersonal relationships just listen rather than fill the space like you just said that's good yeah yeah i mean you're right you hit the nail on the head it works for so it applies in so many different situations and scenarios um but that's the biggest one is listening because when you're you know even as a as a performer when you get on set and you notice the young performers come in they've prepped that scene left and right top to bottom but they prepped it so much there's no pliability to that scene and you prep it Mm. only the way you see it and so you don't know what the other performer is going to do and they could go somewhere totally different but you have to be able to 
have that ability to just follow them. And then it becomes that dance. But if you are trying to dance and you've got your own steps in your head and the other person has their own steps and you're not trying to work with each other, then it just becomes <laughs> something weird. Yeah, you're at you're at two different levels right? and, and they're like, oh, I'm doing it this way and you're you're doing it this way. And everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, what the f- you what guys is, aren't acting. Uh, you're just reading. Here? I don't <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's what it becomes. I mean, no conversation, right? You know, you can't, I'm, I'm not going to have a conversation with you with a preconceived idea of exactly how I'm going to have that conversation yes. because that conversation yeah. is going to change all the time. Some, uh, some thought just pops into your head and then it goes okay. off in another direction. Um, I got a couple so. questions here, a couple from Twitter and a couple from Instagram. Uh, we'll start with uh, just a couple of Twitter ones. Dan Mosqueda asks, what is a car you'd love to own, but just can't comfortably fit in, which we all kind of covered, but I mean, Porsche's on the list and yeah, Porsche's on the list. The newer okay. Porsches are bigger, so I fit in them. Um, it's going to be tricky to daily drive one of those things. Uh, I would do it. Um, but again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and buy a Porsche in this current market. Not, and especially not with my, well, if you get on a Top Gun movie, I'm, I'm jumping on a Porsche, but I'd actually, you know what? It's funny. Cause the life sort of changes, right? You get to this place where you got wife and kids and you're like, I'd rather have a nice house. And then eventually yeah, I'll put something in yeah. the garage. And yes, that's why I have a house and an old, old, cheap Jaguar. Um, <laughs> but it, it fills it, it fills the void of what you want. Yeah, like having yeah. something fun to play with, right? But the houses are just, houses are bonkers. I know there are everywhere, yes, but we're, you we're are. crazy. <laughs> we talked about that last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you and I, not on the podcast, yeah. but separately. Um Bobby Reed has a question. What will yes. be the next car brand to be defunct? Do you do you guys have any brands that we don't have? I don't think you have any brands. No. You have models. No. No. There's some no. models that are same, different. Right? But that's yeah. Sure, I would I would, but yeah, maybe maybe in the maybe just a name. But um, you know, certain things I know that at certain points certain things would have come to the come to the Canadian right. market, but they haven't gone down south. Um but no, that we don't have any other brands. No, in Europe you've got, but even like the the brands right. that you have in Europe, they're they're all sort of owned by. If I had to pick one here anyway, to go to be there. defunct of the existing brands, um, I'd have to go with Buick because, <laughs> not to yeah, dump on Buick, any brand, Pontiac. but I don't yeah. see anything interesting I mean, coming Pontiac's from that. Gone. So. Buick's still happening. I don't. I've never understood Buick. Um, now let's see. Oh, some Instagram questions. Uh, here's a couple specific to you, which you do not have to answer if you do not want to. Uh, Paul Sentia Gulguin asks, "What does Daniel do to his to have such a great body?" <laughs> yeah, and my kids eat all my food. Nice, that's perfect. Oh, and a, another question from the same person: Did you like being Colossus? I loved being Colossus. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a blessing and a curse at the same time because I got such a big role in such a large right. universe right at the beginning of my career. And so it's one of those sort of like sink or swim thrown into the lion's den type deals. Um, I love that character. I always wanted to grow that character to, a, to sort of respect what the character had been written and created in the stories and the Marvel Universe. I mean, there was so much more to him um, and there's so much more opportunity yeah. to sort of grow. But the, the tough thing about being in such a large franchise is you're on the bottom of the totem pole. And when it comes to that, you only have a small amount of sort of scenes and dialogue and things to do with the script. And so 
it, it, it's always tricky when you're really excited about it and then you realize, wow, it's not really, this isn't my story. This is, this is, this is all the lead story. And then it, and then it kind of went away and then it went into the, to the world of Deadpool and they, they changed their character, that character to sort of see how the director wanted to see him. And then yeah. they kind of made him the fall guy. Um, and I was right. like, all right, well, that's not my world. Yeah. I hear you there. You guys do your thing. Um, but yeah, I would have, I'd love to, you know, there's no way I would ever, I'm sure there, there's no way I'd be asked back because now it's so diverted so differently. Sure. Okay. But if they did, I'd love to play <laughs> properly. Um, someone, Mika Freak asks, what is your favorite behind the scenes of Twilight that you did? Now we're digging, now we're digging deep. Oh yeah, this is, this is, this is getting right back in. Uh, I think the favorite thing behind the scenes was being in Italy. Um, when we shot New Moon, we were we were in this small town in Tuscany, Montepulciano, and uh, there was so we the main cast. There was this this beautiful olive farm owned by this family who uh, was like the second largest pasta sauce maker in all of Italy, and so they had this sort of like Airbnb type place, and uh, it was run by this grandson who we called Italian Batman because he had cars in this underground garage with a pool over top and a huge wine cellar and he was like in his 30s and he just basically lived life his name is alberto and uh we stayed some of the lesser cast we stayed at a hotel like down the road but we only had to shoot two days and we were there for a week so charlie buley and myself just basically went there every day and his grandmother was in the kitchen all day just making the most amazing italian food and we just basically sat by the pool, swam in the pool, drank his wine because he kept just feeding it to us, eating this amazing Italian food, and then, you know, getting half cut and driving around on the grounds in an old that's Fiat awesome. 500 with my head out that of sounds, the And that's also, I, I mean, was, that region is yeah. where some of my favorite wine on the planet is from. Brunello is like some yes. of the best wine. Um, I, I remember years ago, I yeah. was in New York for the launch of the Lexus RCF. And it wasn't far from Matt Farah's house from the Smoking mm -hmm. Tire. He was there for the launch, but he stayed at his parents' house. And he was there with Thad, who was one of his main camera guys who now lives in Dubai. Um, so Matt's like, oh, after the dinner, come back to my parents' house. So we went back to his parents' house. I think his dad doesn't really drink, but his dad, Far Matt's dad is a – Farah's dad is an important person. So people give him wine. And he had tons of, he had tons of Brunello. So uh, Thad okay, and I yeah. were just going <laughs> – we were downing bottles of really good Brunello, and the next morning <laughs> I had to fly home, and it was like, oh, tough life. Oh my god, I'm just dead. How do you feel? Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> just but I love Brunello. Is like some of the best Italian wine. Oh, that is, uh, it's amazing. I love, I love Italy. I love the, I love the culture. The wine is amazing. I love sort of, uh, I, I could spend a lot of time in yes. that sort of region of Europe. Mm. You know, south of France, Italy. Greece, Croatia, all just right down the coastline. Maybe pop oh, up yeah. into, into that's, Portugal that's, and yes, Spain. I agree. Um, Daniel Roberto Dorero says, uh, do you have any go-tos while testing a press car stereo? Um, believe it or not, one of my favorite songs to test a stereo, and I don't hate the Eagles like everybody hates the Eagles. Um, there's, I, I, yeah, I think because of I Big Lebowski. Everybody hates the Eagles. Because everybody hates the Eagles. Um, but okay, fair enough. they released, a, they, they were one of the first ones to play with like Laserdisc or Dolby True Surround or something like that. So 
their when hell freezes over tour or hell freezes over whatever because they said they would never come back together unless hell froze over so hell freezes over was the name of the album um but the live version right. of hotel california from that is just so crisp and clean and clear that and i have it in flack audio file which is like the lossless audio file i'll test that often and then i'll also mm -hmm. test a lot of pearl jam and run the jewels and rage just to mix things up but for just fidelity purposes i do have a go-to and it is that version of uh hotel california so there you go um interesting cdnmr 2v6 asks what is your favorite place to drive in or around vancouver uh it's always been the sea to sky highway basically the highway that goes from vancouver to squamish to whistler i grew up in squamish so at 45 minutes <laughs> up the road depends how you drive uh, it's a low I, speed limit yeah I love that it is not, yeah, not fat, 80 kilometers an hour, but it, in some sections, a hundred, uh, I don't think it was 120, but I've, I've driven that highway pre Olympics when it was like one of the most dangerous highways, uh, in North America. And I used to drive that very fast. Um, and then I used mm. to drive it even faster on my sport bike. And uh, I actually love summer night riding oh. when the road was still really hot because you could see the oncoming lights. Oh, wow. So you could kind of cheat corners. Um, and, and then, but then driving up to the Okanagan, so driving East, uh, is just absolutely stunning. There's a ton of great roads around here. Um, but the downside is our, our speed limits. Are yeah. Paltry. Yeah. Uh, I've driven to Whistler from, from, uh, Vancouver and the, the road, like you said, amazing. And then the road yeah. on, when we did the SQ five launch, the road on that Island where you go up to the, there's like a, like a beachy surfy fishing town near the top. Yeah. To Tofino, yeah, um, stayed at some yeah. just crazy, awesome hotel there where I'm eating breakfast. I'm the only one in the restaurant in the morning. And I look out in this little harbor and there's just a whale feeding. And the, the, sir, I'm like, is that a whale? Right. The sir was like, yes, sir. Can I get you some, um, binoculars to view it? I was like, this is fucking insane. Yeah. Um, it was so cool. It was out of U.S. It was out of U.S. doing their launch up there, but the yeah, it was real exhaust pipes. It was it was awesome. The road was incredible, and I saw no cops, which was very helpful. And we flew up there. It was awesome. so good. Um, the, Sounds great. Yeah. Hey, Audi, <laughs> there you America, go. sign me up. I'll come uh, for you. Come for a drive. After I just dogged all <laughs> They understand the one the parts we make fun of. Um, can you feel the Porsche in a Macan, yeah. or does it feel like any other crossover? Have you driven a Macan? No, and I, 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 I kind of wanted one for a while there, but then I also feel like well, this sounds very. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to say what I was about to say. But they just, I feel like the Macans, their sort of thing is from the outside looking in, not having driven one. Everyone's like, oh, it's the closest thing to an I eleven. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Um, I haven't driven a Macan, but I know I'm like ninety percent sure they use different all-wheel drive systems, where the Macan system is a sportier all-wheel drive system compared to what the audis use so i think that would be a pretty big difference because right. i I'll, I'll tell you like um yeah porsche wagons even the electric wagons drive amazingly so i would have to imagine the macan just drives like a taller yeah you know i don't want to say 911 but yeah right that that tag oh, sport turismo uh gts 
if I could afford it as my daily driver, it, my, my dream garage would be like that as the daily. And then, uh, a a lightly modified Land Rover 130, the older 130 Defender, not the new three row they're coming out with, um, that, you know, right. Yeah. I still can't, you had a 90, (sighs) I had a 90. I had, uh, well, I, what was sold to me, and I didn't do enough due diligence, what was sold to me was a North American Model 90. I had a 97 with the automatic, uh, but it was a gray market offshoot, like a, mm. I think it was sent to maybe Dubai or something like that, and brought in. So they kind of sold it to me one way, and I'm like, you guys sold, and basically made me pay way too much money for something that wasn't the right, oh. and so I had them buy it back off me, uh, and I I shouldn't have. It only had 30... 8,000 kilometers it, on it or something like that. So, you know, was it like up there 16, or down here? Okay. It was right. hard. Because down here, if you bought up here, you could have got into trouble at the time, depending on what year it was. If it was an non, non NAS. Oh, um, right, right. I don't know. They're, they're, they, I don't think it's as tricky anymore. Now I think they're fine, but there was a time period where somebody might have been upset that that car was here. Um, because you guys have 15 year yeah. rolling or something. And it's well. Yeah. yeah, we have 15. Yeah, we have 15 year, which and then I got rid of mine. And then my brother living in Europe, still selling the Defender, he got a Defender brand new 130. All it's like a dream truck. Like, of mine. Oh, um, yeah, you're killing me. Yeah, because your older brother yeah, is such in a France, cool right? truck. He, what, he, he was Yeah, he you know what the funny thing is he hated it. The thing reliability wise was disgusting. He said he just like, yeah, he had it terrible. for a while. And he just told him yep. to take it back. Um, I, I still rock it. I, I know what I'm getting into. So I'd be, I, I would appreciate it. Um, so what's, what's yes. next? What's your next project? Uh, I did a romantic comedy, uh, with Shannon Elizabeth from the sort of world of American pie. And I did that, uh, a few months ago. So I'm not sure when that one's going to come out. And I worked on a TV show called, uh, Kung Fu, which is all done for the season a few episodes of that and now it's just unfortunately we went through two two and a half months of uh, uh the director's guild up here was on strike so not nothing new was happening and everyone everybody in the film industry is now twiddling their fingers going <laughs> i really want the work to come back but it's now picking up so now it's just it's the game of throwing you know a hundred auditions mm, out yeah. there and, and then you, i didn't know you were in sick. um uh i don't know how many episodes but it was superman and lois Cause that shoots up near you. And, um, yep. Cause I got to get Eric Valdez yep, on the podcast who is on that show. Who's also a car guy. Yep. He was, I think we were, I think he sort of reached out and was, we were chatting by Instagram yeah. about, about being, um, car no, nuts. I, I've, ch- I think I've put something chatted out. with Eric a few times. He's a really nice guy. Um, so, uh, which is funny and he's not in Canada at the moment. I, cause they bought an Airstream van and they're like touring the country or something like that. Yeah. Um, where can people find awesome. you on social media if you want them to? Well, they can find me on Instagram oh, right now. I'm locked out of uh, Twitter because I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what the email was, what I signed up with. I can't oh. find or recover my <laughs> password. And so I'm completely locked out. But at Daniel Cudmore at Twitter um, and at Daniel Cudmore at Inst- or uh, Facebook. But. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not the best at social Do you media. Know? I know I got to get better, um, but it. Yeah, right. That's the thing. I won't put my kids on. Um, it's just not. I don't. I don't like the world. I don't like. Yep. Not knowing who's looking at photos, so I try not to put my kids on there. 
it's really about work and me being an idiot and Perfect. doing stupid things and then you know cars like it's just yeah but i know a lot of people in the film industry are a lot more professional yeah, about a lot it, of those people time, but it is like it becomes people. a full-time job i just don't yeah, this is very true. Or, or they just they don't have kids, so they just basically right. Like oh, I have, have a more team. time than like, you know, okay. I know what to do with. But <laughs> such, a, yeah, exactly. Um, so, if everybody, everybody watching and kids. listening, uh, at Daniel Cudmore, give him a follow uh, if you aren't already, and then keep an eye out because when he gets a little bit of free time, there might be some car content rolling out, um, which could be very interesting. Yes. Uh, and I'm looking forward. to it. Okay, well, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to see the the comments from yourself on how green hey. and terrible my first video is. <laughs> and I expect it. On the I flip want, side, I'll do I'll record uh, an audition tape so you can see how shitty that would be. <laughs> to be or not to be, you know. So Perfect. <laughs> I'll do an accent and everything. Yeah, um, amazing. Yes. <laughs> that'd be fucking great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go go right into yeah, it. Um, we're Tennessee, Tennessee. Uh, I don't know. What, I, I, I listen to the um, Always Sunny podcast, and it's funny because one of the main three is uh, like yep. Juilliard trained, and it comes up every now and then. It's really funny. Like, what's the Tennessee Williams? Yep. Is that like popular play? Yeah. So it's funny to hear those guys talk mm -hmm. about that shit. Yeah. Um, but, Mr. Cadmore, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we will get you thank on again you, soon, especially if you start popping out some of this car stuff. And even if not, it's always fun to talk to. And then, uh, as always, when you're down in L.A. anytime in the near future or the distant future, let me know because we're overdue for some beverages. I, I will do the same if I'm up your way because I'd like to be up Absolutely. there and say hi to our mutual friend Brendan McAleer as well. Um, and Eric Valdez if he's up there shooting if uh, if, if the show is running again. Um I think they are. Yes. There we go. I think they're going to uh, appreciate it. Uh, Everybody you know. give them a like and yeah. follow and all that good stuff. And we'll see the rest of you uh, soon. Bye. Bye.